What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Fortress of Comic Two podcast. My name is Tyler. I'm Mary, and I'm Kylie. We are here once again after our what two, three months since issue nine, something uh, like that. Yeah, I think it was beginning of March, if I'm remembering correctly. So here we are, end of May, uh, with Doomsday Clock issue number ten, DC Comics, Jeff Johns, Gary Frank. So if anyone doesn't remember, previously on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Which, I mean, doesn't have too much to do with this issue. All, all you really need to know, or all you need to have fresh in your mind from the last issue, is that Dr. Uh, Manhattan, Dr. Manhattan basically beat everyone, up. and Superman is in a coma. So. <laughs> like everyone. Like the whole DC universe everyone. went to Mars. Yeah, yeah. basically. <laughs> everyone except for Wonder Woman. Did, for, I don't think, did Batman didn't go, did he? No, no Batman didn't he was go a little Brady Cat. Yeah, he's a little bitch boy. He's too busy crying over Catwoman. I don't know why they would have left Wonder Woman there. I feel like she's one of the first people. I'm like, I want her. Can, can we bring her? That's something that we didn't get back to. Is no the Black, Black Adam, Adam stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or we haven't seen uh, Mime and Marionette in like three or four yeah, issues I bet now. Mary's just crying about that. I am. I yeah, really cause, am. Because last thing was like, we're pregnant, and then they were gone. So I was like, what the fuck? And we still haven't found out anything about there because we know their kid plays a role somewhere. So, okay. Before we get started, we have to do our, our cover A versus cover B. Kylie, don't you dare tell me that you like that black Co- and white cover. Is this the variant? That's, no, that's the A cover. Yeah, this is the one I like. Oh, god damn it. Why? I like that one too. Don't I usually like the variants? Yes. Okay. So and every time problem? I keep telling you, or no, you, keep, you usually <laughs> like the normal ones. I usually like the variants. And every hmm. episode, I try to tell you why the variant is better, and <laughs> you just keep. <laughs> I noticed that they're not. Sim- one of them isn't a simple cover. I mean, that one's black and white, so I guess you could say that's simple, but it's not like. But usually, I guess, it's like yeah. one focused thing. Like usually, it's like one like very yeah like very small, simple thing, and the yeah. variant is usually the more like. I like the black and white. So it was yeah, it's. Uh, I love like yeah. the 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 All Star Comics thing. I I don't know. I love it. Yeah, that's great. I mean, they're they're both good. Like they're both Gary Frank. Yeah. So it's like I, I like this. This Carver has got Coleman more stuff going on. The variant cover's got more stuff going on with they it. They usually do. Yeah. Um. Okay. So before we get into this, I feel like it's important for the context of not only this podcast but this comic book to do. I'm gonna try to keep this brief, huh? but to just do kind of a quick review of a couple DC history moments, that, especially if. Uh, you know, if you're not some DC aficionado or whatever, maybe you haven't been reading comic books very long, but you're reading Doomsday Clock, there's some important things that you need to know here. So, especially a couple dates. Because uh, this book There's gets... a lot of dates in this book. Yeah, and we're not going to go over necessarily all of them, but a couple key moments here. So, obviously, the big one is April 18th, 1938, which is the release of Action Comics number one. Um, So, in the beginning... Right, you got Superman, Action Comics, comes a big thing. Superheroes, we need more superheroes. We get a Batman, we get a Wonder Woman, and all of a sudden we get like Jay Garrick and Alan Scott and all these guys. After the war ends and superheroes aren't popular anymore, everyone but the Trinity basically fades out of existence because the books weren't selling anymore. And even Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman were barely selling. Comics had become westerns and romance books by this time. The good stuff. Yeah. So when they when they relaunch in the Silver Age, and Barry Allen starts the Silver Age of comics, and we reintroduce all these newer versions of the characters. 
they decided that, well, all that other stuff happened, but we're going to put it in a different Earth. So that became Earth 2. The old Golden Age DC universe became Earth 2. So Jay Garrick and all those guys were... Jay Garrick was a comic book character in the main DC universe at this point, which Barry Allen was inspired by to become the Flash. Right? So then you get a multiverse happening, and but it was so unorganized and so convoluted that by the time you get to the 80s, you don't even just have like Earth 2. You have like Earth XYZ, Earth 364.92 or whatever. So, right? 1985, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Marv Wolf and George Perez, they do a 12-issue maxi series where they have the Anti-Monitor basically destroy all the other universes and just kind of compound everything into one you got one universe that's it and they have stuck with that oh yeah no (laughs) uh so then the other important date that you're going to see in here is 1986 which was the the first the the next relaunch of superman which would have been john burns man of steel that dr manhattan will reference in this book so there's that one right 20 years later jeff johns decides he doesn't like one universe anymore so we have infinite crisis where superboy prime punches the walls of reality and we recreate the the multiverse but this time it's it's organized and we have 52 earths instead of just this crazy thing that's going to get out of control right 2011 dc relaunches with the new 52 goes nothing happened except for this stuff and it all it's all only happened in five years and then this is our universe now at 52 number ones until 2016, where they launched DC Rebirth, which is what kind of starts this whole thing with Wally West returning to the DC universe, being like, somebody has messed with time. And that's kind of the the era we're in now, which I can't believe that's three years. That was May 2016. Wow. was DC Rebirth, the one shot. Um, <laughs> when I think about that, I'm like, man, that's really kind of embarrassing that it's been three years and they haven't like wrapped this um so that's where we're at so the the, those are kind of like the key moments because there are things that are referenced throughout this book that you know i'm not just gonna assume that everybody's aware of all the things that have happened oh i'm sure there's things you can point out to me that yeah there's probably deep detail in there yeah and and i mean we don't need to go into all of it but those are just the the key things that's what this is about (laughs) oh yeah Uh, this one is a heavily layered book i'm i'm way excited to to get a lot to read yes I love meta narrative stories. I, I I kept waiting for the co-written by Grant Morrison on this book somewhere, and I couldn't <laughs> find it. But okay, obviously Jeff Johns, Gary Frank, Doomsday Clock number ten. So, um, there's let's see, what's his name? Nathaniel Dusk was a detective. Not the the actor was Carver Coleman, but the, Nathaniel Dusk was this character that we had been following through some of the early issues in this movie called The Adjournment. Um, it's a movie that old Johnny Thunder was watching in the nursery home back in like issue two. Yeah. Um, and so I think this is kind of Jeff Johns's way of doing like, obviously there's a lot of like similarities between this and Watchmen and throughout Watchmen, you have like the black freighter stuff, which is kind of like the story within the story that's actually tying into everything, but it's not, I think this story with the adjournment and everything has kind of been their way of like, here's something that's going on in the background that seems like it's really out of place, but it's not, you yeah. know, um, so there's some really cool stuff there. <laughs> Looking at this, I'm like, man, Gary Frank could do a book in black and white and be just fine. Like, oh, I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd be. <laughs> I think 100%. that's why I, I like this cover because it was so out of place for me this week. A black and white cover and mm-hmm. it was just gorgeous. For it to be fully black and white, too, like even like the Doomsday Clock logo and the DC logo all in black and white and everything. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's really, really great. Um, there wasn't as many like, oh shit, Gary Frank moments to me in this issue, though. I'll say that. Like, 
especially compared to that last one where we had like everybody on Mars, like, oh my god, like, like the art's as good as it always is. There just wasn't as many like pages. Like when I turned, I'm like, ooh, pretty. Yeah. I think this is my favorite written. Like I think this is the best written issue so far. I think my favorite issue is still the the Superman Firestorm issue, which I think was eight. Really, it's just like my favorite one so far. But like, I think this is like the best written, best script, I guess, if we want to go that far. Okay, so Carver Coleman was an actor back in like the golden age of Hollywood, if you will. I guess, or I mean, I guess a little bit after that, right? Thirties. Yeah. Um, what do we consider the golden age of Hollywood? Well, Dr. Manhattan is like narrating over this and he's basically telling you like what's going to happen in his life. And he's like, yeah, yeah. he's going to die and I feel nothing. Yeah, because he's <laughs> omnipotent and yeah. kind of a douche. All right. Um, I really love the way Gary Frank draws Dr. Manhattan, though. I like his Dr. Manhattan quite a bit, which which is really cool because he's kind of your uh, POV through this issue, which is really cool. We get to spend the most time with him in this issue than we have in I didn't any issue previous issue. Oh, yeah, there's a couple of them, I think. <laughs> you didn't notice? Um, there's one when they walk into the diner where it's like just barely cut off. You can see like the base of it. <laughs> okay, so uh, Carver Coleman leaves the... Or not Carver Coleman. Dr. Manhattan leaves the Watchmen universe at the end of Watchmen, if you read that book, where he's basically like, I'm bored. I'm going to go find something else that's worth my interest. And he was drawn to this universe, and he yep. did not know why. Did not know why, yep. And so Carver Coleman was like a, a struggling actor that didn't have any place to go. And uh, he, they show some of the job that he had that obviously didn't work out for him and this and that. Anyways, he's basically getting hassled by a bunch of cops. Being like, We don't need any more hobo wannabe actors sleeping on the streets in L.A. We're trying to keep it nice and that kind of thing. And so the cops come and they give him a bunch of shit. And then Dr. Manhattan appears and isn't sure why he's drawn to Carver Coleman. But he decides to like rescue him basically well did did you mention his mom because it's pretty important um just basically that he's going to be blackmailed by his mom is that what you're talking about yeah yeah okay and for yeah. some deep hollywood secrets that she was he a has. whore yeah she was a whore i think she just wanted money yeah what she what is she blackmailing him with though you didn't read the the back part no. Oh, well, when we get there. When oh, okay. we get there, I'll tell you. I have failed this podcast. <laughs> you never read the back stuff, do you? Uh, there, there, there's times when I've skimmed through it. There's been times where I have not looked at it at all. Wow. And stuff in between those. I, I haven't. It does pertain to what's happening. I, I just didn't read the script. That's the only thing I didn't read. You just read the letter? Yeah. I love this this panel, though, where like Dr. Manhattan's just like, not even picking up bothering with <laughs> the DC universe at all. Uh, the the Varner Brothers thing is a nice pull. Yeah. Like, okay. Jeff I Jones. laughed at that. Yeah. It's like, oh, can they get the rights to Warner Brothers? Hmm. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably funnier because they could and they just didn't. Because I'm pretty sure they could, right? Well, well yeah, Warner Brothers owns Ex- them. Exactly. So, <laughs> like, do you think Warner Brothers would be upset if they used their? No, I doubt it. I doubt it. It's just... So Carver was a homeless man, and the cops were coming to him. And then Doctor Manhattan shows up, and he kills the guy. Yeah, by accident. I mean, it's not by it wasn't like it wasn't like on purpose. I don't think. <laughs> um. So he decides to take Carver out to a diner. Well, he asks if he's an angel. Yeah. He says no. Yeah. I no. love his face too, where he's kind of like, no. Yeah, he thinks about it for yeah. a second. No. Nah. Yeah, they go to a diner and. Dr. Manhattan is naked. It really reminds me of the 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 last issue where 
I can't remember who it is, Zatanna or somebody brings up magic and he's like, magic. Like where he kind of ponders yeah. it for a second. Like, oh, that's oh, cute. Adorable. You know? Yeah. Uh, I love that he can like disguise himself basically by like, like she's seeing what she wants to see. Yeah. Like I, I'm showing her what I want her to see. Like I'm by the way I admit, but like he still sees him as Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. I like you only get one small panel. Yeah. That shows how he looks. Yeah. So he's just barely entered this universe and he's saying that he can't see in the future, but a little, you know, he waits a little bit and he can start to see mm-hmm. bits and pieces more in the future. And he basically starts, um, as he gets to see the future, he starts telling Carver Coleman things that are going to happen to mm-hmm. him in his life. He's like, look, you're going to be all right. Like, I really like the panels where it's like, here's where they first meet, here's like a year later, you know, so on and so yeah. forth. They start making it like a yearly tradition where they meet back at this diner and then Dr. Manhattan tells him what's going to happen in the next year of his life, basically. Yeah. But uh, Dr. Manhattan becomes very smitten with overhearing this news report of the coming of the Superman. Uh, some really cool stuff here, especially just if you're like a comic buff guy. Not buff guy as in like buff guy. <laughs> but um, we go to the scene of Action Comics number one with the car being smashed and everything. Superman lifting the car over his head and everything. Um, I do like that he leaves the little picture Yeah. on the on the boot. That's kind of a cool little... Like, they didn't really do anything with it, but just kind of cool. Well, really... I have to think it must be something important because he does go back to him and he tells him like he's... Omnipotent, omnipotent. I can't yeah. speak. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, yeah, why does he care about this guy so much that he's like, yeah, this is gonna happen, and then this is gonna happen, and then finally it gets to, what does that mean? You know, he's telling him like he's gonna well, die. They, they did kind of go over that at the beginning when he comes into the universe because the cops were beating him. Yeah, and he says and, he doesn't know, right? He's like, I'm not sure why I was drawn. Yeah, because he pops up and he yeah. he sees that the cops had been beating him, and he takes the cops out, and he. The guy who was just getting beat up by the cops is over there checking to see if they're okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And right there, he's like, oh, this is very different from where I'm from. Oh, yeah. yeah. So the I Watchmen have to think Universe this, this picture person. must mean something maybe at some point. Yeah. Well, I mean, because it's the picture from Watchmen, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But I'm saying like him having it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because you don't just put it there. Just cut. Like you don't yeah. have three panels dedicated to him seeing it and picking it up. Yeah. So April eighteenth, nineteen thirty eight, Superman arrives in nineteen thirty eight in this in the golden age version of Superman. Which yeah, Doctor Manhattan is like very very fascinated by this, and as he starts to see the future, he realizes that Superman is like appearing for the first time multiple times, and that's for, what's for, triggering like the new universes. Yeah. For what multiverse. If, yeah, for whatever reason, Superman is the linchpin to everything else. He is the else. center of the universe, basically. Exactly. Which, you know, we'll just kind of start getting into it all as we go through. But And, you know, it, it gets explored later once you start bringing up like terms like the metaverse and everything. But this book is very meta in what Jeff Johns is trying to do. Because, like, not even just for DC continuity, but for, like, the world of comic books, Superman is the center of it. Like... Actually, 19, April 18th, 1938 is the day that changed everything in this world of comic books that we like. Without that comic book, you don't get anything else that comes after it. Or at least not the, the version of it that we have. So it's like Jeff Johns is saying, like, this is Su- Superman's appearance changes everything. And yeah, specifically for the, for the DC characters, obviously, it's always supposed to begin with him. Yeah. 
So, and I like that, like, his either appearance or non-appearance, it has major effects on everything else. And even no matter how, so Jeff, so Dr. Manhattan basically starts to, like, I wonder if I can, like, fuck with little things here and there, how that affects different stuff. But Superman becomes, like, not unaffected, but, like, no matter what, he still appears again in different versions. And it's, like, he and he starts to get, like, pushback from the different universe. Different times yeah. and stuff. So he starts, so he, like, as we saw in a previous issue, we learned that he, like, moves the lantern away from Alan Scott so he doesn't become the Green Lantern and stuff. And Well, that's what triggered the universe that he created. Yeah. Because at this point, I mean, I don't think that he's actually, like, touching these guys yet yeah not yet no it's not it's not until he's he's kind of just yeah watched things for a bit before he starts and messing then he's with like stuff. he's the Let's observer see what happens. Yeah. yeah yeah because like he all all he can see is like everything's obviously connected to this one guy yeah so i want to see if i start removing the pieces around him how that changes because he's fascinated by superman because he's so powerful but he also says later in the issue that like he can't relate to him until the version of Superman that he creates, which is later on. The Justice Society of America is forming. Is formed, yep. Without Superman our, on the team. Yes. And we have our Johnny Thunder. He's not sad. <laughs> <laughs> it's not raining. It <laughs> makes we, me sad. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really cool to see some of those, you know, Golden Age designs and stuff, especially to get Gary Frank to draw some of them. You got, you got like the Spectre and the old Dr. Fate, Hawkman, Jay Garrick, Alan Scott, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The old Adam and that god awful, that god awful costume. It's amazing. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Oh. I like how they have a little blip and they go back where they're re-saying the same things over again. They don't even mention Superman when they blip. Yeah. Love it. So, and then we we get to see, and now every time you see Carver Coleman when they meet back at the diner, now he's like successful now and he's in like fancy suits and stuff and um i like when they go in there the first time when he tells dr manhattan he's like i don't have any money he's like you don't need any yeah <laughs> so i'm like is he just gonna steal that food or like just make the waitress forget that probably they were that. there probably that He'd probably like, mess with them because he doesn't have any money either <laughs> he's gonna pay with his big blue dog <laughs> okay so we go to the kent farm let's see and this is where yeah and i love I love just his kind of monologue over the thing. Like, this is where it begins. This is where it always begins in every version of this story for some reason. So, like, if you're familiar with comics at all, you understand that, like, comics is a, like, a shifting timeline. It has to be, right? Because they don't want... You can't have these characters and stuff age in real time because they want these characters to last forever. So, like, the the version of Spider-Man that you're reading right now was not bit by a spider in 1962, right? He was yeah. bit in, he was bit in like 2012 or whatever. Like it's, yeah. it, and it's just always going to be a sliding time scale. And Doctor Manhattan starts to see that where it's like things are repeating themselves, but it's always starting with this one event. Well, like Punisher, like I think he was Vietnam originally, and now I think his new thing is like the Iraq War. Yeah, I think they've switched to that point. Tony Stark as well. Like first yeah. like he was captured in Vietnam, then he was like captured in the Cold War or whatever. And then it was like Yeah. Yeah. Same or I think it was even like World War Two or the first one, wasn't it? Or maybe no, maybe it was Vietnam, the original one. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Either way, I don't know what I'm talking about. But uh <laughs> this is a DC book for God's sake. Superman comes to Earth and is yep. found by Ma and Pa Kent. 
And uh, so he now Dr. Manhattan starts to wonder if like, okay, affecting the things that are going on right outside of Superman, he starts to like move in closer and starts to affect the other things. Cause like he starts to notice like in most versions, he loses his parents or he loses his dad. The, this, these two pages right here is where I finally got what, where he was, what mm-hmm. world he, he is in basically. Jonathan Kent, loving husband and father. Uh yeah, so like th- this version of Superman is the 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 canon that this these clips are from the the book Superman Secret Origins, which is by who would have thought Jeff Johnson, Gary Frank, like these panels specifically, which they took and used in the Man of Steel movie, where he's like, "Can I just go back to pretending I'm your son? You are my son." Um, and then Tyler probably cried. I was like, "Oh God." <laughs> Yeah, Superman loses his dad again and again and again. Um, we we get to see like the the nineteen eighty six version, which I like because like Gary Frank usually definitely draws Superman as as very Christopher Reeve, but in like the nineteen eighty six one, he does make him look a little bit more like the John Burnsy mm-hmm. Superman. Like you can tell it's like from that time period, which I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like he's um. We finally get to see more of the Legion of Superheroes, which we haven't seen. We saw um, we had Saturn Girl earlier. Yeah, but they That's she's right. another one that we haven't seen. There's so many plot threads in this book. That I'm like, oh yeah, what's gonna happen with that? Especially now when you're like, dude, we only got two issues left of this shit. You guys better get something going now. Maybe that's why they're delaying it so much because like we don't know where this is going. <laughs> if we wait three months, they'll forget about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're here to remind everyone. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, different versions of Superman are, like, this version is where he, like, goes to the 31st century with, and he learns from the Legion of Superheroes. We get to see, like, Lightning Lad and Cosmic Boy and Saturn Girl and all that stuff. Um, again, Jeff John's fucking with the Green Lantern again, and it starts to, like, take different things away. So, um, he basically, he talks about, he, Dr. Manhattan has this whole thing where he starts to wonder, like, am I... I mean, it's not quite yet, but he starts to wonder, like, am I the villain of, of this story? Because he he allows things to happen. Um, he allows, you know, the comedian to kill that girl in Vietnam. He allows, you know, Adrian to do what Adrian got away with doing in the Watchmen universe. And he allows what happens to the Carver Coleman guy at the end of this issue. He knew it was going to happen, didn't do anything. And that's why he's so fascinated by Superman, because Superman is man of action. And so he starts to wonder, like, am I am am I the villain of this story? And he like because he, he doesn't take action. Yeah, because he do, he's not he's interfering, but he doesn't you know take the initiative to do anything. So he basically, I he's think, interfering, but he's messing with stuff so much that even like Wally is like, we're gonna stop you or whatever he says. I can't. Yeah, stop you. Yeah. Yep, they'll Isn't stop this you. This out of Heroes in Crisis. Did you read that yet this week? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Don't, Don't mention that. I've, I've heard bad things. His original Wally West before he was tainted. <laughs> uh, so i think like they, they don't come out and like explicitly say it but the interpretation i get is like dr manhattan is jealous of superman in a way because like he is so powerful but like he cares whereas like dr manhattan became powerful and was like oh i realize nothing matters so yeah. i just can just kind of sit yeah. aside so he becomes jealous of superman he's like i'm gonna create a superman that i can identify with and so he basically what if i killed Superman's parents when he was even younger so they didn't get to see him grow up and this is the the new 52 version of Superman that happened in Grant Morrison's action comics where his parents were killed on prom night and that's what 
you know, helped create the new 52 Superman, which was a very darker, very angstier Superman. I mean, he was still a Superman. He's still probably a way better person than Dr. Manhattan was. Yeah. But uh, Manhattan's fascinated by this because, like, okay, this is a guy that at least is, like, he's not perfect anymore. Like, I, I don't think, I think he was not intimidated or threatened by it in some way, but he didn't like it. We're like, no, this guy can't just be going around doing good things. Like, the hell's the matter with you? We do get to see uh, Wally, you know, yeah, running through when he was still stuck in the Speed Force, say he's going to stop Dr. Manhattan, but was obviously still trapped and was kind of powerless in that sense. And then uh, we go back to the the thing that Manhattan's been talking about for the last couple issues where he's going to have a confrontation with Superman at some point. But yeah, because he recreated the universe again and it's going to turn against him. The metaverse. Yep. So that's that's the big thing that honestly has a pretty big effect on DC continuity going forward if this is going to be the standard of... So there's 52 universes in the multiverse. uh, Scott Snyder did a book called Dark Knight's Metal and created a dark multiverse. So now it's basically a negative. So there's like 52 universes and then there's a 52... There's like a negative Earth 2, negative Earth 3. That's where all those Dark Knight guys came from that everyone liked so much. Yeah, they mentioned that in here. Yeah. Um, and so now Jeff Johns adding his other his other spoke to the wheel, being like, "Okay, but there's one universe that sits in the middle of it. That's and this the, is the one. the metaverse, and this is the universe that affects all of the other ones. Basically, um, it, it's a really interesting concept, especially when you look at like what it is Jeff Johns is trying to say with it." Like this is like the metaverse is the one that is always constantly changing. This it's, is the sliding. It's time our scale. universe. Yeah, it's basically, a, it's basically our universe. I love that idea. Yeah, I do. I, I when I read that, I was like, "This is actually." Really cool. <laughs> um, no, that's what that was my first one. My aha moment of this was like, "Oh my god, this he's in the actual DC. This is our yeah. world. This is he's seeing things he's change." The writer, exactly. He's, yeah, he's basically. the Grand Morrison. <laughs> he's like the like he's Jeff Johns. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like almost like the. I mean, I don't want to compare him to Deadpool, but like he's like the Deadpool in a sense of like he's aware that this is all part of a story or whatever. That's now just basically he is watching it he's happen. Been in this universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so <laughs> he tells he tells the Carver Coleman guy that like you're not gonna be here in a year. He's like, wait, what? Yeah, like yeah, you're just, you're not gonna be here. In a year. He's like, we gotta tell me more than that. He's like, no, I don't think I will. <laughs> He's, he's done at this point. He's, he's, he's like, a dick okay, bag. Yeah. Uh, and so he didn't tell him. He didn't tell him yet. No, no, because he didn't tell him. He left. It's like back a few pages. Or oh, whatever. I thought he does tell him that he's not going to be here. Anymore. He does. No. But we yeah. passed. He out. does, but oh, then okay. it changes. So he says, "So tell me what uh, what's in store for me now? What in the year?" Um, and so that it was a year now. And this is the day that he's going to die. So he visits him, but he doesn't tell him anything still. Oh, okay. You're right. You're right. And then so his mom blackmails him. Has been blackmailing has him. Has been blackmailing him. And, and killed him. And get for his money, right? Yeah. All right. And what was she blackmailing him with? You read the backup stuff. I did not. So He's gay. Oh, okay. I mean, I don't even. Think he, he lied. I got that before I even read the backup thing. He if, also, if he I had also, guess, he also lied about his whole backstory. He said he was from a farm, and he wasn't actually from a farm. He's from Philadelphia. His mother was and, a whore. Yeah. 
basically. <laughs> his mother was a whore. <laughs> so he lied. He's basically lied to everyone about his past, mm-hmm. basically to cover it up, and lied why he came to Hollywood. Said it was like some magical thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. I can't repeat the letter. So, but that's what it was. And the other kind of reveal to the issue was the one that I think most people kind of already assumed and have assumed since the beginning of Rebirth. But basically, Doctor Manhattan created the New Fifty Two. Um, and, but the explanation of how is in this issue is awesomely, awesomely explained by Superman's the center of everything. He changed Superman, therefore changed everything and created the new 52 through and made this darker lens. Darker Superman means darker world, which I, as a Superman fan, I just love that. Like, oh, like he, he is the pinnacle. He's the center of this whole thing. Um, which is really, really cool. I, I enjoy the shit out of that. I figured you'd reading that. I figured you'd have to take a break. <laughs> I do. I love. I love meta context. I love Superman. This issue was almost made for me. It feels like. So, going back now, we're seeing um, Doctor Manhattan monologue for a little bit longer, but Superman is waking up from his coma now, and I wonder, like, are we going to finally get their their confrontation in issue eleven? Whenever that comes out, August maybe. August, maybe. I love that Dr. Manhattan says that he's a man of inaction. He's gonna... Superman is a man of action. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, this is where he kind of has his little mauling thing where like, oh, I've stood back and done nothing a lot of times. Like, am I the villain of the story? Yeah. And so basically, what there's two possible outcomes with the confrontation of Superman. Either Superman is going to kill him or the metaverse is going to be unmade once again. Or rearranged again in some way. Is and that... then we get a rebirth again. Oh, God. Re-rebirth. Re-rebirth, yep. <laughs> and so that's that's the issue. We did fly through it pretty quick because there's actually not a lot that happens in this issue as far as, like, moving the story along. But this issue is, like, the first one that actually answers questions and doesn't ask a bunch of questions. Like, you actually left with answers, not more questions for the first time, which was really refreshing at this point. Where it's like, okay, finally, we, like, they're explaining things now. Like, most of them, like, okay, you did this, but but what about this? Yeah. This one was finally, okay, cool. We got the ball rolling. I'm not really left with any new things that I'm like, well, now what the hell's going to happen? It's all the same thing. Okay, well, Superman's awake now. What's going to happen? We know that they're destined to collide with each other. Get some ass kicking. But that's Doomsday Clock, issue number 10. Did you guys notice the blood on the back of the book? <laughs> Not only that, did you see the clock, the clock is moving closer? <laughs> Fans of these reviews for a little while will get that joke. Um, it's not that great of a joke. We're just stupid. But, um, so, Mary, what are kind of your just overall thoughts? And uh, a rating on a scale of 1 to 10 of Doomsday Clock, issue number 10, fittingly. So. I liked it. I liked reading it. It's a lot to read. It it's kept, a lot of It words. kept my attention. Uh, I mean, I, I liked it a lot. I'd give it a... I'd give it a 9. Kylie? 9. Definitely. I... I... I can't say if this is the issue that they were saying it is until yeah. I've read the next two. Then I can go, oh yeah, that was the yeah. issue. 
That's why I was hesitant to give you a response when you asked me that. And that's why I was like, you could make a case that it was. Yeah. Like, you certainly could because this is the one where we're like, they're actually explaining what he did or like how how it was all yeah how it went down his role in all of this is, was finally kind of and like i can say most people had already kind of assumed like oh yeah the doc, i bet dr manhattan created the new 52 like that explains it was lot. worth the wait like all of them have been i mean yeah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah we bitch and complain that it's taking all this time because damn, it is i mean it comes it's out ah, it's still it's the best book good you know that comes out the week that it comes out usually you know so it's like it's it's Still probably the best book that DC is putting out. They're just not putting it out on any kind of a regular basis at this point. Well, I sat down to read a bunch of comics last night, but it was like 1030 at night when I went to do it. And I'm like, okay, Doomsday Clock has to be first. And when I, just opening that first page, I'm like, oh, it's going to be one of these issues. It's going to be a lot of just words. All the words, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, one thing that I, um, so I, I read the Last Night on Earth. How is that? It's my pick of the week. Oh, okay. Cool. It's. I it's guess you can talk good. about it more then if you want to save it. But um, but what I was gonna say was the the first time I walked into a comic shop as a kid to actually like start a comic hold and mm-hmm. I'm gonna read comics. The two big books that were out at the time were Watchmen and The Dark Knight Returns. Oh, that's kind of cool. So this week we had Flashback a Doomsday to Clock. 30 years later. And then we had a Batman story that's like set in the future and things mm-hmm. are all fucked up and it's very an adult-oriented the word story. Night in the, in yeah, the and I was like, oh my God, I feel like a kid again. This It was just kind of cool that is, how that things lined up. I think this is the first one that I'm actually going to go a little bit higher than you on. I think I'm usually like a peg. I'm going to go nine and a half. Um. I'm not sure if a, if a if a ten single issue comic book exists. I I I'd be hard pressed to give. I mean, like a full story runs. I could give. There's books like, oh yeah, that's a ten. Like, I'd just, give Superman Earth one a ten. That's not like a single issue book. That's like that's a straight a to graphic, graphic novel. But I mean, yeah. Still, but I'm the I'm like I'm not saying I don't know if there's like a ten single issue. Batman issue number five. Okay, that, I'd give that a ten. What's Batman five? The Court of the Owls when he's in the labyrinth. Oh, the labyrinth. Yeah. Yeah, you could maybe that. That's that's a ten um, for me. Definitely. But so nine and a half. I I really like. Like I said, I think this is the best written issue. This is the first issue, not the first one, but I think this is the best one that I'm like, man. Jeff Johns is just like, I feel like he's in his zone right now. This is what he loves to do. And like I said, I love anytime. I love meta stuff. I love when you start talking about shit within the shit. That's refreshing to hear because most people just bitch and moan about it. Oh, I and love, I love it. it. So I love it. Um, you know. Again, I bring up Grant Morrison a lot on this podcast. He does a lot of that stuff because he is a major fanboy on top of being a writer. So, like, and he's a big fan of the history, especially of DC. So, he any chance he gets to reference and deep pool DC shit and kind of work it into other things, he he definitely does that. Um, the the first time I read the All Star Superman issue where he creates another Earth and the Earth is the Earth where Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster draw Superman for the first time. Mm. So like a- anytime I see shit like that in a comic book, I'm like, that's so cool. <laughs> um, and uh, Jeff Johns is not someone that really plays in a lot of that stuff. So yeah, th- not really. This was really kind of cool for him. Gary Frank is as good as always. Like I said, I don't know if there was as many like. Holy shit, poster worthy. There, well, there wasn't a lot of big panels in this one. It yeah, was and it wasn't a lot, a lot of, of action. Yeah. And it, it was a lot of dialogue, like we yeah. mentioned earlier. But I mean, everyone looks as good as they always mm-hmm. do. 
So, I mean, that's the one thing I can't beat them up on with the delays. There's not a single one that I could look at. I'm like, oh, this feels a little rushed, whatever. Like, if you're going to take this long to put the book out, make it look damn good. And they have done that um, every every single year. But, yeah, I'm going to give it a nine and a half. I, I enjoyed the shit out of this issue. I, I am concerned at this point, 10 issues in, though, like, okay, how are you going to stick the landing on this now? Because, yeah, you got two issues left. They're all oversized issues. They're all an extra 10 to 12 pages yeah. more than your normal. So like you, you basically got three issues left if you're dealing in normal, you know, so like you got a lot of stuff to wrap up here. I'm hoping they don't give us like a big double sized final issue. I hope they just keep oh, it how it is. That I won't mean, come out till January. Yeah. No, I'd, I'd it's rather. A 60 page. And then Kylie would win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I would win. <laughs> you might win. You still might win. <sighs> We're on track for my pick. We are. We'll, we'll see. I oh, said yeah. by we'll the see. end of the year. I said November. Kylie said January. Yeah. We had a bunch of people Kenny in on said, this pool. I think Kenny said December. Yeah, something like that. Somebody said October and I can't. So That's ridiculous. October, no, <laughs> never. So, Facts. do you see they resolicited the trade or whatever? So, first they had the for trade. Doomsday Clock? Yeah. I didn't know they did a solicitation for it. Well, they, like, they had it up for like, pre-order on Amazon and stuff that it was going to oh, come out okay. in October. And it's like this whole thing it might not even be done in October. Yeah. So n- I guess now they have as like Doomsday Clock Part One, which is just the first six issues, is coming out in October. Oh, don't oh do that. no! You, you know what? Give they're me gonna a big hardcover slipcase right off they're, the bat. Uh, they're gonna do two soft covered trades, and then there'll be a hardcover, then there'll be an oversized hardcover, then there'll be this an should, absolute. No, edition. this should be should be collected as one big. The, like, this ooh, is one I absolute need. I, oh, I need the absolute. I'll be getting that. That'll go right next oh, to my yeah. Watchmen <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I need to see Gary Frank's art blown oh. up that big. That yeah, that that's a that's an easy purchase. Like yeah. no, especially if we get like all the little extra stuff that like Jeff Johns put in all that. Like if we get some extra like notes and shit from Jeff Johns. Like I like when they put some of that shit in the end. Like in the my absolute All Star Superman has a bunch of like Grant Morrison's little notes and stuff that he wrote down, or like different scripts and stuff that he like ideas that weren't used and stuff. Yeah. I love shit like that. Yeah, I like when they do all that stuff. The Mar- are you getting the Marvels, the the anniversary? I was going to. I saw how much it costs. Well, there's a. T- I mean, half of that stuff is all extra bonus crap in the yeah. back. Of each was it like seventy five bucks though, or something. No, I'm talking the single issues that they've been reprinting. Oh, the, the annotated oh, okay. version. But the, but they're doing that hardcover one that's like eighty bucks or something. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but good Lord, That's man. fucking Marvel. I know. That's why I was so shocked with that Superman book that came out this week that was... So the Batman one, which is the prestige format, the square bound uh, thing. The thank, Black Label Thank one. God it's not the oversized like damned. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that they kept it to a nice normal size. But they it was five ninety nine. Yeah. And the Leviathan Rising was ten damn dollars. Was it really? Yeah, it was nine ninety nine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, good God, you guys are proud of yourselves. Was it like a big 100-page thing? Yeah, yeah, it was. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I still don't love but that. Still, but Yeah, I, I don't mean, love that, but know. it's like, okay, at least it's... The, the Last Night on Earth one, I mean, I'll let you talk about it. Did you pick it up? I, I was really close, and it's one of those, I was, I was like, man, this one I'll probably... I, I definitely want to read it. I'll probably I, grab I'm a shocked that uh, the amount we got in and the amount we had on the shelf when I left yesterday mm-hmm. to when I came in today and it was down to one stack. Really? I was oh, like, holy yeah! Because when I was there happened? yesterday, there was we had there was like three, yeah. three piles of it. And I was there yesterday evening, and there was still quite a bit. So maybe there was like a late, I guess, a late ambush. Yeah, somebody took some home, Charles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> those speculating sons of bitches. <laughs> yeah, no shit. 
Did it have a shit ton of covers too, or was it just, just two? Oh, okay. Yeah. Did Capullo do both covers? I'm not too sure if he did the very. They're both beautiful. I I probably tend to, to go towards the variant, mm-hmm. um, but they were both gorgeous covers. I mean that the that first one, which I'm sure you've seen, is just him, the silhouette oh, yeah. of him with the with Joker's the little, head. Yeah, it's just just simplistic and gorgeous. Oh yeah, because it's Capullo. Anybody else have anything to say on Doobsy Clock Ten before we let Kylie talk about? Because I'm actually really curious to hear about this book. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, Kylie, spoil go ahead the and... shit out of things for you if you want me to. That's do you fine. want me to do that, or I mean, I I don't really I mean, care. Throw up a spoiler. Spoiler alert. warning yeah, for yeah. Last Night on Earth from <laughs> yeah. Scott Snyder and Greg. Stop Kilo. listening. I know people now. cry about that stuff. I never I mean, care with comic books for some reason. Like it makes me want to read it more. I'm like that happened. <laughs> Same. Like for some reason, movies it bothers me more. Like it doesn't bother me. But like I, I'll pursue spoilers for comic books a lot of times. Yeah. Doomsday Clock ones I usually don't do like the day they come out, like before I get to the story, which is you know the articles. It was like such and such revealed, like retracted in Doomsday Clock, you know, whatever, like where they I'm like, no, don't click on it. Like, I, I, <laughs> like, I, like this one I will there's certain books I'm like, I wanna read that shit. You wanna go in fresh. Yeah, yeah. But usually like I don't care about like comic book spoilers. I'm like, oh I would like tell me t- t- tell me how the good stuff. So all right. So this one is interesting to me. Um it uh, supposedly it, Scott Snyder's last. He says this is it. This is his last Batman story. And I can see that. I mean, it's. Uh, I what is it called again? It's called Last Night on Earth. Okay. It, your good old New Fifty Two Batman team back together again for a Black Label book. They're but, gonna get abducted by aliens. Well, it's it's. <laughs> oh jeez! <laughs> no, no, no! Aliens is not the way I thought that book was gonna go. So you spoil it. I might go pick that up tomorrow. Um. So he, it starts Batman out that Superman. he's in he's in Arkham Asylum, Batman and is. yeah, okay. uh, the guy his doctor looks very much like the Joker. Um, and his the name. Book. I wish I would have brought the book with me now because the names of all the people in the asylum, like the doctor, is Redmond Hood or something like oh. that. So Red Hood, <laughs> and all these people have these names that like are very like <laughs> similar to these things. And basically, you find out he. He's the one who killed his parents, and he's he it fucked him up. So he's been in the asylum the whole time, he's and he's he's thing. been imagining this. So all the people That's that are around him helping him, he's like, "This is Harley, and this guy's the Penguin, and this is this is why Black Label Joker. is such an awesome idea because you can do shit like that mm. and not piss anybody off." So that's happening. Um, Alfred comes in. Because they think they finally made a breakthrough. This new uh, medicine that Wayne Technologies Pharmaceuticals have, has made is finally helping him come around. So Alfred comes thinking, oh, I can finally bring him back. We can finally bring him back home. And so Alfred's there talking to him. And he gets to that point where he's like, oh, the Mad Hatter did this. Or, or the Scarecrow did this. And everyone's like, oh, god damn it. He's slipping again. You know, he's mm. freaking out. And so Alfred, they let Alfred talk to him in a room alone, and he pulls out. He's like the uh, the doctor didn't uh, didn't think I should do this to you because he thought thought it might you know hinder your progress that you're making. Mm. Uh, but he pulls out. It's basically a straight jacket, and there's kind of like a Batman cowl on top of it. And he's oh. like, "This is Batman." And basically, the the hood, the cowl, is part of an electroshock therapy. Oh, helmet like fat ears. Yeah. So, oh, that's actually cool as shit. And so he's trying to explain to him, you know, that this this is what's happened. And, you know, you killed your parents, and you, you mm. need to get over this. Nobody blames you for what happened. 
Um, and then, so that's, you know, kind of twisty enough there. I'm like, okay, this is kind of interesting. And then they take another turn where they're standing in the room and Bruce like turns to Alfred and he's like, okay, you, you need to be honest with me. What's, you know, what's going on? And then he hits a little button and like, he has some cloaking device. Alfred has some weird cloaking device on him and it, it reveals him. And he's like this very, he's, I mean, he's already old, but he's like very old at this mm-hmm. point. And then he starts explaining that how far in the future we are, the world is pretty much obliterated. And he's like, but the toy maker has has made part of Gotham. You know, we can go live there. The manor's still there. Um, there's people there, but they're you know they're made by the toy makers, so they're not real people. But the AI is well enough that you won't even notice. You know, we can go, just go live our lives and finish our lives out. And he's not having any of it. Um, and then you, you, uh, you come to find out. So he, they let him, he lets him loose. He's like, I've got, I've got to go out and, and figure out what's going on. So he lets him out into the, the desert wasteland that is the world now where he comes across the Joker's head in a jar. The Joker's head apparently has been there for like 10 years, just kind of going crazy, <laughs> more crazy. In like the jar. Futurama, just a head in a bowl. Yeah, just a head in a, like a jar. And he finds him. And start and takes him along, you know, on his little journey to find out what's what's going on. Uh, then he comes across these. So I I want to I can't. It's Central City. They go to he goes to Central City, and I can't remember the name of the Lantern Planet. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's kind of up there. It looks like the moon now. It's like kind of all black. It's all kind of all gray, but it's it's there in in Earth's orbit. You can see. And the Joker's kind of explaining what had happened. You're not getting the whole picture, but like shit went down. Someone was got control of the planet. Rings were just dropping to the earth, and people oh, were picking geez. up, and just carnage was ensuing because everyone had lantern rings and we're ripping people apart. They don't really. Doctor okay. Manhattan they, killed him. They. So this is the post Doomsday <laughs> Clock. World. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Batman goes insane. <laughs> So there's the, these people that don't really have the will to have these rings on, but they have the rings. Yeah. But the, so the rings are kind of controlling them, so they're kind of evil and they're just kind of being drug around. And they're these weird green lantern baby monsters. Oh, that that's are, cool. Um, but uh, they get saved by like the, these underground people, and you find out like um, Wonder Woman is kind of their, their leader. She's older now. She she's her head shaved and she's got like a thin mohawk. She's, Why not? she's explaining to him that okay, we they're living in the underground now. The big evil, whatever it is, they 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 of course this is going to be revealed later because they're not giving you everything in the first issue. Because why would they? Yeah, they they uh, they're they're saying they think it's somebody that you made, someone from your your bat family that mm-hmm. did all this. And he's like, no, that would never happen. And and then you, there's then here's the other twist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this isn't really the Bruce Wayne that we know because the whole time like everyone's old but he still looks like okay. Bruce Wayne. He's Superman? No, he's oh, he's a clone. No. He built a machine oh. that when he died he, his essence would basically go into this clone and so there would always be a Batman for for every generation. Okay. So this is not the original Bruce we Wayne. We play with at clones this point. actually gets a little bit yeah. scary. <laughs> exactly. So they've decided they've got like uh, there's about ten thousand people that have have survived and they're living underground and and Wonder Woman has made a deal with whoever runs hell in the DC universe to give them a section 
down there where they can live because they just need to get out of Earth before it's just they find them and kill everybody. And so they've got the plot. They're going to leave in the morning. And of course, Batman wakes up and grabs the Joker and takes off. He's going to go find out what the hell is really happening. And Wonder Woman wakes up to come in to tell him, okay, this is what we're going to do. And sees that he's gone. And she's like, all right, goodbye. You know, that was, that's it. And they all leave. And he's basically just him alone at this point. And that's where, that's where it ends is him going to see what the hell's going on. So you don't pick up single issues anymore. What made you pick this up? Um, I, a lot of things. I think it was the, 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 the team, of course, um, Snyder and Capullo. Right. The cover was very striking to me. And the fact that it is just the three issues. Mm-hmm. I feel I missed out on Damned because that was the week that I decided I'm not doing single issues anymore. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, just, you know, we had so many of them. And I'm like, yeah, I never pick a comic for my pick of the week. It's always mm-hmm. a TV show or yeah. something. And if I wouldn't have read that, it would have been Doom Patrol. And see, I was going to say, <laughs> this is the one time I was like looking forward to you picking a TV show because I'm like, oh, cool. Kevin's probably going to shout out Doom Patrol this week. He's like, you know what? I'm going to go over the comic book this week for the first time. I thought it was either going to be Doom Patrol or the finale of Cloak and Dagger, which hadn't even aired yet. But other was like, oh, I pick is something I haven't seen yet. It aired tonight, actually. Yeah. 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 Mary, do you have a weekly pick this week? Uh, yeah, I'll pick. Uh, it's a webtoon. It's called My Deepest Secret. And it's about... Uh, basically, if you've seen you, it's kind of like that. That ne- the Netflix Stalkery show, stalkery stuff, stalkery stuff, uh, and killing people. And it's That's a great. it's a boyfriend and girlfriend. And boyfriend's crazy. Yeah, it's only got eight episodes, so it's really early in. Was it uh, always the boyfriend that's crazy? Because we usually are. That's true. That's fair. I mean, there are some crazy bitches out there. Don't <laughs> get me wrong. True. <laughs> I feel like there's less versions of that story where the girlfriend just goes on a killing spree <laughs> it's like, always a guy like the drama that i the drama that i'm watching there's a crazy girl in there and she pretended to kill one of her best friends t- and blame it on this girl that she was jealous with is uh, this pretty little liars no no <laughs> it's a it's a chinese drama my god <laughs> <laughs> pick a nation woman Anyways, it's called well-intended love <laughs> There's lots of lying and secret stuff in there. <laughs> and crazy people. They're all crazy. Well, they're Chinese. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> okay, so answer this question, Kyle. This is a conversation we were having yesterday. Because we were talking about, like, Asian countries, right? We were talking about, oh, yeah. like <laughs> this, is a, this is a worthy conversation. Is this is Russia an Asian country? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Okay, she said no because no, they're they're they are in Asia, but are would they be considered Asian? Like yes, if they, they were to mark I, on I their Caucasian, would. Black, Hispanic, uh, Native American, Asian, what would they what would they list themselves as? Well, no, I would not their ethnicity, but you're still Asian. They're yeah. like just like Indian people are still Asians because they're in Asia. Yeah. That, but that's what I was talking about the ethnicity. No, because you were saying like those people aren't really Asians, though. I'm like, yes, they are. They're still a. How are they not Asian yeah. still? They're no. Just... I agreed they're Asian, but I meant like in the ethnicity. Like the case oh if gosh, anyone whatever. out there is listening, if if you are in Russia or India or India, and you you're marking off some something where they're asking your <laughs> ethnicity, what do you mark? Yeah, 
<laughs> Tweet at us. Do they have? They might even have one that says Indian or something. Like they might even. I don't know about Russian, but they probably have one that says. Indian. I have. I have no idea. Um. Get I, basically if if you're someone that lives in the continent of Asia, that's not China, Japan, Taiwan, Korea, Vietnam, one of those places. Do you consider yourself an Asian still? Yeah, that's what I would like to know. Yeah, I'm kind of curious. <laughs> uh, for God. my own curiosity. It's just genuine curiosity. Yeah. There's a problem. You can't bring up anything to do with race anymore without coming off as an asshole. <laughs> There's no hatred in there. We're, I don't think we're coming off as assholes. We're just coming off as... It's just a, funny. Unknowledgeable. Yeah, exactly. We're just coming off as we don't know. We are curious. Please tell <laughs> Which us. Which is slightly better. I don't think we have anybody in those in those places. We have, we have people in Singapore. Well, any smart people out there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> My weekly pick this week... I really wanted it to be uh, Daredevil, Chip Starsky. I feel like I've been shining that book out so much. Like it was really, really good. But just to do something different, I'm going to say Amazing Spider-Man okay. this week because it finished up the Hunted. Oh yeah, I saw that ended. Yeah, that they've been doing. How was that story? It was very, very good. Nick Spencer is doing okay. a really, really good job on Spider-Man. The problem with this arc for me personally, number one, all the tie-ins were useless. Um, not that none of them weren't good. Now, were there tie-ins, or are you just talking about the point issues that they the, did? Yeah, they were okay, the point. The, the so point you, you you could have skipped all of those and been just fine. None of them mm-hmm. meant anything in the grand scheme of things, which is weird because usually my rule for those is like if it's the same team, whatever, like Nick Spencer was still writing all of those. So I was like, okay, maybe these are going to matter. None of them did. Hmm. Some of them were fine. Usually they 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 featured more around the villains and stuff and like their perspective of what was going on, but none of them mattered really. Yeah. Um, the other problem with with the story arc for me was like they've done a, a good job of like the rotating art team because it is a twice monthly book, but instead of having like Ryan Otley do every other issue, they're just banked out ahead. Where like Otley did the first five or six issues of that, and then he did that full arc, and they had like Humberto Ramos come in and do the next arc, and then Otley came back. This one had like Humberto Ramos on a couple issues. Otley never did one of the hunted. He's coming back for really? the, for the next arc. Okay, so it's he's, gonna be he's his been again. saving his nut basically. And but like there was a couple other artists that like came in and stuff, and it's just like that that hurts a, no, a, a not book to consistent. me. Not consistent yeah. artwork. I like when the I mean I'm Marvel's sure it sucks. Notorious for that. I'm sure it sucks for Nick Spencer to have to write out so far ahead to give Otley scripts for you know issues twenty two through thirty or whatever they're getting. To, but like it is so much better, especially in the long run when those trades come out. It's like Otley did this whole story arc. Yeah. Um, the hunted is a really really cool idea. Uh, it makes Craven useful. Even more crazy. It makes him useful because he's a villain that I kind of hot and cold on. I think Marvel fucked up because they maybe gave him like the best exit and oh yeah no that's villain history. I, when I was a kid, I read Craven. I would. I mean, that was my introduction to Craven. And I was like, "This is." I mean, it was that was oh, dark. Oh, that was dude. a dark story the for a little kid Especially reading that. The, I'm like, "Good God!" Like, like Spider Man crawling out of the grave already in itself is kind of like a dark thing. But then, yeah, like you have Craven like committing suicide and stuff at the end of that book. When they brought him back, it was like, man, that really undercuts that story yeah. a lot. I, yeah, Demetrius like is probably like, "Fuck you guys." <laughs> um, and so I've never really cared for Craven since then because i'm like man i just like you, you gave him such a good send i didn't have a problem when they i think it was his daughter they introduced mm-hmm. and i'm like okay if you're if you're gonna bring that type of a character back that's great let's do something a little different with what was it. that one dan slot did grim hunt or whatever I, was, I remember i was like eh, pass yeah i can't remember what that, that one was 
Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, Craven for the most part is just kind of very hit and miss to me. Just because it's like, yeah, you you, you did the Craven story already. You're never going to do that story again. Um, but, I mean, this is the best Craven's been in a long time. And they've kind of find a way to do it differently, but there's definitely like symbolism between like he's in the black costume for for majority of the story arc. Cause like they're trying to like, hey, look, see, this is like that remember, thing that you like. Remember, remember. <laughs> um, but yeah, Nick Spencer on Spider Man is 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 really really good. I'm excited to have Otley back because that's my that's when I like the book the most. I think the two of them together are really really special. But I also understand that like it's a twice monthly book, and Otley can't do you know two issues a month because who the hell can? Yeah. So, Amazing Spider-Man, I think it was issue 22, whatever. The Grim, or not the Grim Hunt. The Hunted finale. Don't waste your money on the tie-ins unless you're just like completionist and you just like having them. Then I guess fine, but for the most part. If you if you were wondering if you should have picked those up, you didn't miss anything. You did say that was the same. That was... Uh, who Spencer was still wrote it. Yep. Okay, so... Yep. Okay. But they if had they like his writing, then... They, they were basically like little one-shots. Yeah. But like say, in the grand scheme of things, none of them mattered. If you're a completionist, fine, but you don't need them. So you can save your money on those. Like, they probably won't be in the trade. <laughs> that's how useless they are. So that's that. Let's see, Mary already had a weekly pick. So that, that's it, right? Yeah. That's it. We covered Doomsday Clock very quickly. We did. Which is fine. Um, there was lots to unpack in it, but there wasn't a lot of story in it it was more just a lot of explanation which is really really good yeah go check it out go pick it up i very much enjoyed that um make sure you guys also check out our our doug wagner episode which will be up the same time this one is up finally got doug to come back and chill with us and talk to hit talk to us about his upcoming uh, sequel to the ride which is coming out in like two weeks at the time of this recording so make sure you can sell you guys on that book you guys can go pick all that up in a couple weeks when it comes out next week we got to go watch an X-Men movie. I need to get tickets. We have to. We do. Um, Can we just make it up? Unless I think we unless, talked about this last yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> unless you guys just like don't care. Because like, I don't. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've, I love Phoenix. I love that character. We got to do so it. So I'm going to see this movie. We'll do it. We'll do it. So we'll have our review of Dark Phoenix next week. As excited as we are. Who knows? Dude, I, I would honestly love nothing more than to come in here next week and be like, you know what? Last Fox X-Men movie, they fucking stuck the landing on it and it was pretty badass. Like, I would love to come in here and be like, this was pretty fucking good. I just, I, I don't have faith in it. I really don't. Yeah. Um, and none of the marketing has given me any faith in that movie at all. So, but look forward to that, guys, next week. <laughs> um, say time flies almost as fast as Superman. Make sure you guys check out uh, the Nerd Dome podcast, which is Kylie's other podcast, which didn't do an episode this week because they're don't check it out. Shit, shit's going on. Don't do that. <laughs> shit's going on. <laughs> Uh, make sure you guys are following us on social media everywhere. FOC underscore podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Fortress of Comic Dude podcast on Facebook. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audio Boom, SoundCloud, all that good shit. Wherever you're hearing it now, obviously. But uh, there's a lot of Spotify people out there that uh, Spotify has really been stepping up their game for podcasts lately. So I, I, there's a lot of people I don't think are aware that there's a lot of podcasts on Spotify, including ours. So if you're someone that likes... including Back to the Futurama. There you go. <laughs> what? Don't what? give me. Don't what? give me more podcasts to listen to. I can't keep up. With He's like, you shit. sold me on the name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> uh, until next time, my name is Tyler. 
I'm Mary. I'm Kylie. And I'll see you guys. Good.